Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's show. I hope everybody is doing okay. Uh, got some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the heat wave in the Northeast Ohio Soviet this past week. Very hot. And I warned you ahead of time that this sort of thing was going to happen. We on this show wanted to convey how serious it is or was going to be with the heat, the heat index, and of course, the subsequent sweating that would ensue, regardless if you're a big sweater or a light sweater. I sweat big. I'm, I'm, I'm a big sweater, uh, especially when I'm out there, you know, cutting the grass or goofing around with the dog or whatever. It's a lot of sweat, a lot of things happening. We tried to warn you ahead of time. So uh, hopefully um, you heeded the warning, which I'm sure you didn't because you never do. And that's fine. Um, uh, but those of you that, ha- that are stocked, in the product that we're going to mention at the end of the show, you would have been all right. For those of you that weren't, you thought that uh, Irish Spring was going to protect you. Well, that was uh, that was no good. I can guarantee you, you did smell terrible. Um, I could probably smell you from several feet away if you were using. Um, I mean, even Old Spice. Old Spice is just really going to mask the stink. Like it's kind of like flowers in front of a corpse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, you will get yeah. the sweet smell of the flower, but the decay will be apparent. But we'll get to that later. Shout out to AgorasNexus.com, the premier sponsor that you guys in that podcast. So let's get started, everybody. Now, I bring you more of the same as usual, because that's what you've come to expect from not only myself, but my friends here, uh, the co-hosts and the boss, the uh, executive producer, director, and uh, leader of the fascist regime here that keeps the show in line. Oh, wait, it's fascist now? Well, I just hang out I, when I you're the know. boss. I mean, come on, you know, you got to wield, uh, you got to wield a mic. She stay. <laughs> so now this shouldn't come to a surprise for the 17 and a half of you that have been listening that are educated or at least you have, you know, your brain is mostly removed from your ass. Now, what I mean by that is. I don't know about the rest. I know we got listeners in Germany. We got listeners in the UK. We've got listeners in many different uh, corners of this uh, ridiculous planet that we inhabit. But here in this particular ridiculous country that we live in with this stupid government that we have, don't worry, yours is stupid too. You're not left out. They're all stupid. But two years ago when they started cranking out, like they've been printing money anyway, regardless. But I think in the last few years, 75% of the the money that's ever been printed was printed in the last two years. Something to that, if I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's 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 high it's like 40 percent. yeah it's not it good was. not yeah. good um we were told that don't worry about it inflation is not going to be a problem transitory which, yes which all of us who yeah i took ap economics in high school you don't need to take ap economics in high school if you would have paid attention in regular uh economics class you would have known that this was not a good thing I actually never had an economics class. That That's I embarrassing. I, mean, I had a home economics class, but I made. Oh, I had one of those. It was in seventh grade. Uh, this was, jeez, uh, uh, Brian. This was oh, I, this was about three years before you came into existence. I was in home ec, and my mother still has the apron that I made. I had to do the cross stitching and all that stuff. The lady gave me a C, and my father had to restrain my mother from attacking. My because <laughs> she was what like, a good man he, he's he's a football player what he's supposed to know how to stitch well i mean she still has it um but uh anyway so regular economics class you should know that printing lots of money usually results in something that's called inflation the 
post-First World War Weimar Republic was a great example of this. We, we know this, right? This isn't a secret. This isn't something hidden in sacred texts in some temple someplace. This is readily available information that you can go to your local library or as the kids around here like to say, library, and you could go and check it out for yourself. You can learn about these historical events that we have precedence that says that when you print lots of money, it's really not that good. So I don't know if anybody's heard of Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon, okay? Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, a bank of great repute. They care about the poors. They give lots of money away. They're wonderful people, wonderful people. And Jamie Dimon is, is clearly a philanthropist and a humanist, and he cares about you too. That's why- Full-on rapist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's sounding the alarm bell. So check this out. This is from CNBC, um, who's, uh, Jamie Dimon says that to brace yourself for an economic hurricane- caused by the Fed and the Ukraine war. He says that uh, he's preparing for the biggest U.S. bank uh, for economic hurricane on the horizon and advised investors to do the same. Quote, you know, I said there are storm clouds, but I'm going to change it. It's a hurricane, Diamond said Wednesday at a financial conference in New York. While conditions seem, quote, fine. At the fine, moment, everything's fine. Okay. <laughs> Never. You can go about your business. Uh, nobody knows if the hurricane is a minor one or Superstorm Sandy. Let me, let me, let's go ahead. So if, let's keep the hurricane reference. Let's keep that. Okay. Are you ready? So if you have uh, a, a minor hurricane attack your allotment where your home is made out of brick, let's say, that storm isn't going to be as big of a concern. You also don't live near the beach. However, if you live in a trailer, and a minor hurricane, a trailer by the beach, and a minor hurricane comes ashore, you are in a heap of shit. So the way I'm looking at this is, if you're rich and, and can afford a nice place to live that can weather the storm, you're going to be all right. It doesn't matter how powerful this storm. Well, I mean, it's Superstorm Sandy style. I mean, if you live like in, in Barnegat or Point Pleasant or any of these other places that got battered, yes, I mean, you're going to get some damage. But the level of damage... Uh, uh, quantifies as you go lower down the economic uh, totem pole, so to speak, not to culturally appropriate First Nations or Native American people, but you know what I'm talking about. So this is great. You, you, you'd better brace yourself, the CEO says. I told a room full of anal uh, analysts and investors, JP Morgan is bracing ourselves and we're going to be very conservative with our balance sheet. Beginning late last year with high-flying tech names, stocks have been hammered as investors prepare the end of the Federal Reserve's cheap money era. Inflation at multi-decade highs, exacerbated by supply chain disruptions and the coronavirus pandemic, has sown fear that the Fed will inadvertently tip the, the economy into recession as it combats price increases. Once again, if you're poor, you are already in a recession, probably a little bit further down the road. It all depends on your economic status. If you don't have a lot of money, even the smallest blip is gonna be a problem for you, right? If you're in the working class, $5 a gallon is a problem, okay? Mm -hmm. If you make $100,000 a year, $5 a gallon may not be a problem for you, right? And I understand there's always going to be those amongst us who are always gonna tell us, uh, you can take public transportation if you're really worried about gas prices, or like Peter uh, Buttigieg, the gay CIA guy who told us if you can't afford $8 a gallon, why don't you buy a $60,000 car, you fucking idiot? 
That's what he told <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> essentially what he tells the poors. Like, listen, you can't afford $8 a gallon. Why aren't you buying an electric car, asshole? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Marie Antoinette. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. You know, how dare I speak out of turn? Um, again, the further you are, that's the problem that I have with all of this, because this individual, Jamie Dimon is going to be fine no matter what happens. Okay? <laughs> He's going to be fine. His investors, they're going to be okay, too, because if there's something that does happen, you're going to pay for it. You're going to bail them out. Okay. When it happens to you, you're not going to get bailed out. You're going to get booted out, booted out of your house. You're going to get your car repossessed. You may not have AC because you can't pay the electric bill. Right. So for all of those people who told us two years ago, no, 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 it's, it's just a, a, inflation will have a min, minimal impact. Hardy, har, har, the joke's on you because if this guy sweat, there's two angles, and I want to get people's opinion on this. There's two angles here. First, he could be genuinely concerned, ringing the alarm bell, as most CEOs of major banks are really concerned about investors and and uh, servicing the customer and taking care of the money that you've entrusted them with, right? Of course, the benevolent dictator. Sure, that's a possibility. The other possibility is maybe he's lying. And maybe he's trying to cause a panic to make his, I don't know, economic enemies do something silly to where he can profit off of them being idiots. I don't know. It's possible one way or the other that, I mean, he could be worried about it. I, I don't know. Uh, this is these are the two main factors that this guy is worried about. All right. First, the Federal Reserve has signaled it reverse its emergency bond buying program and shrink its balance sheet. The so-called quantitative tightening or QT is scheduled to begin this month and will ramp up to 95 billion a month in reduced bond holdings. We've never had QT like this. So you're looking at, at something you could be writing history books on for 50 years, he said. Several aspects of quantitative easing programs backfired, including negative rates, which he called a huge mistake. Central banks don't have a choice because there's too much liquidity in the system, Diamond said, referring to the tightening actions. They have to remove some of the liquidity to stop the speculation, reduce home prices and stuff like that. Other large factors worrying Diamond is the Ukraine war and the impact on commodities, including food and fuel. Oil has almost gone up in price because of disruptions caused by the worst European conflict since World War II, potentially hitting $150 to $175 a barrel, Diamond said. Wars go bad, they go south in unintended consequences, Diamond said. We're not taking the proper actions to protect Europe from what's going to happen to oil in the short run, okay? Last week during the investor conference for his bank, Diamond referred to his economic concerns as storm clouds could dissipate. Uh, presentations from Diamond and his deputies at the all-day meeting have bolstered J.P. Morgan shares by giving them greater detail on investments and updating figures on interest revenue. But his concerns seem to have deepened since then. Pay attention. During the response to the 2008 financial crisis, central banks, commercial banks, and foreign exchange trading firms were the three major buyers of U.S. Treasury, Diamond said Wednesday. The players won't have the capacity or the desire to soak up as many U.S. bonds this time he warned. That's a huge change in the flow of funds around the world, Diamond said. I don't know what the effect of that is, but I'm prepared for, at minimum, huge volatility. So, again, what I'm trying to convey here is that it could go one way or the other with this guy. I don't know him. I, he's in charge of a bank who has uh, less than honorable intent, I would wager. Uh, but, um, you know, if you take it at face value, that statement should concern anybody. 
And, you know, in, we were told that gas would never go for over $5 a gallon. I saw that it's been reported over at $8 a gallon in some parts of California. If some of our listeners behind enemy lines could report back on what you're seeing there, that that'd be great. It's $4.50 here. It's like four eighty here. It went up in a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, that, this was yesterday. So oh. I don't know. I haven't checked today, but yeah, it's getting cranked up slowly. And it's like, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that if everything does really go to shit, it's like we're so far below the waterline that we just become one of those creatures that like live next to the volcanic vents at the bottom of the ocean. And they're relatively unaffected. They don't need sunlight. They can handle the crushing pressure, you know, yeah. like they've just adapted. But maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd rather not do any of that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> That would be not any of that would be a good option. But yeah, I don't know. Man. It's not I, up to me. It doesn't seem to be. It no, seems it's like more and more things every day are outside of my control. And it's like you just got to stand there and go, huh, how it's neat. Like, it's got to be neat. Right. Otherwise, like, what the fuck? But, repeatedly getting kicked in the nets over and over and over again every day. That's right. Take that pill. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of feel better. So again, I wasn't heavily invested in this, um, but we talked about it a little bit before um, the show started. So uh, John Depp, also known as Jack Sparrow, uh, won against that lady that shit in his bed. Um, like he what $13 million after he, he had to pay her 2 million and pay her 13 million. And people are, what was it, Christopher? Who was it? The uh, Rolling Stone that said that this is a huge problem for people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was a Rolling Stone article. I probably have it saved somewhere. Hold up. No, that's okay. I, I want to know it's... why it's a problem. Like, I, I really want to know why it's a problem that... Because supposedly, like, she was, uh, you know, a domestic abuse survivor, um, and it's an issue because it is, you know, a feather in the cap for the abuser versus oh. the person that's been abused. I don't know all the details because like I have completely checked out a news for a long time. You're not wrong for it. Um, so I don't know what's happening with Mr. Depp and this Amber Heard, but it sounds like they're both very toxic people. Jack Sparrow's toxic. I, I mean, I don't know. There's all these dramas, so something's happening. Edward's I've heard people comparing this to white people's OJ. So like, I didn't realize it was that big, but I don't white think that's like an accurate. No, nobody died here. Nobody got their head cut off. So that's like, yeah. no, I, I'm, I get that, but it's like but everybody thought... watching a trial or something. Oh, like, okay. All right. Fair enough. Not, no, I... <laughs> the OJ trial was, was for everybody because it's the people's trial. Yeah. <laughs> because like Nicole Brown Simpson was white and, you know, Ron I mean, Goldman was a Jew, so clearly OJ was anti-Semitic. I don't know. <laughs> I, I emailed you the link to that. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. so here, here we go. This is thank you, Christopher. This is important. So this is what what it says. This is from Rolling Stone, who is known for their fair and unbiased reporting. <laughs> hey, Generation Kill was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, like I said. Uh, Brian, a broken clock uh, is right twice a day. So it, you're you know, inevitably going to get two out of... That was also like 18 years ago, but... It's hard to believe, but yes, it was a long time ago. So it says here that men always win. Survivors sickened by the Amber Heard 
verdict. Um, gosh, there's a lot of ad activity on here, but that's all right. We're going to muffle. <laughs> Did you download DuckDuckGo, sir? I'm using DuckDuckGo, ma'am. Ma yeah, I thought that went to shit, too. Like, they're they pretty right. much. Yeah. You got to turn on the ad protection in the browser because um, sometimes it's right. like an additional add on. I'll do that. Just FYI. Thank you. Over the past few weeks, Megan has been watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial with a sinking feeling. A few years ago, she had been involved in a contentious breakup with her then husband following years of physical and emotional abuse, which led to her calling the police repeatedly. Like Heard, Megan, whose last name Rolling Stone has, chose, has chosen to withhold, has rec ha had recorded his outbursts and threats of violence and self-harm in case, she says, if he killed me, there would be evidence. Like Heard, when she spoke out about her ex, she received a letter from his lawyer accusing her of defamation and like Heard, she said her ex's lawyer also tried to argue that she had borderline personality disorder, a form of mental illness, as a means of trying to discredit her. Megan initially tried to avoid the trial as much as she could, as it caused her to experience PTSD flashbacks, but throughout the trial, everything from Heard's hair to clothing to the tearful testimony became fodder for countless memes, while Johnny Depp's cocksure behavior on the stand inspired innumerable fawning TikTok videos, cryptocurrency, and Etsy merch. The discourse was unavoidable. It's unavoidable, excuse me. It's been bizarre to see friends I thought were supportive posting disgusting Amber Heard memes, she said. When she heard, <laughs> when she heard about Heard, no, when she heard that Depp and Heard with total global humiliation after she came forward with abuse allegations against him, it was too much for Megan to handle. Her ex had long threatened her with the same thing. This case is my worst fear playing out on a public stage, she says. This feeling was only exacerbated on Wednesday after a jury in Fairfax, Virginia, found Amber Heard guilty of defaming Depp in a 2018 op-ed for the Washington Post, a periodical of ill repute, in which she identified herself as the public face of domestic abuse survivors without explicitly naming Depp. Despite presenting photos of her injuries, video recordings of Depp's meltdowns and witness testimony supporting her claims of abuse, Depp was awarded 10 million plus 5 million in punitive damages. Heard was also awarded 2 million for winning one point in her countersuit. Well, I mean, you're like one for 10. I mean, it's better than, I mean, you did better than the Browns did for two years in a row. <laughs> right. One way to look one at it. One out of 10 ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is basically the end of Me Too. Dr. Jessica Taylor is a psychologist, forensic psychology, PhD, and author of two books on misogyny and abuse, tells Rolling Stone. It's the death of the whole movement. As the verdict came in, wait a second, let me back up. Let me back up here. Now, Governor Meatball, former Governor Meatball, <laughs> is responsible for more deaths than Osama bin Laden on 9-11, I might add, um, just in case you guys forgot about that whole thing, okay? Um, remember when people came forward about him, uh, women came forward about him, and it was not believe all women, okay? It was not believe all women. It was believe the right women, the certain women, when it came to, you know, whichever celebrity, political figure, whatever we choose, or not we, there is no we here, there's them, whatever they wanted to support, right? So when Governor Meatball, and remember, he wasn't perverted, he was just Italian. That was kind of his excuse, um, which is kind of a disrespect to Italian people everywhere. And uh, uh, mea culpa, uh, paisana, I'm very sorry, it's a no good. Uh, Governor Meatball is a very bad guy. Um, I, that's my best Italian accent. But seriously, it, it, it all was, hey, listen, 
if like what, what about kevin spacey can we believe all men too like the ones that he he raped and he doesn't remember raping right well, they're no- all dead now right uh i don't are they like there wasn't even a, i thought there wasn't even a trial because everyone that came to testify against them like all died mysteriously like i'm not even kidding is he a friend of the clintons because that definitely <laughs> seriously guys that's like yeah what what was the joke it's like who know who has 39 friends that all committed suicide or some shit like not a single fucking person on the planet it's a run <laughs> it's a run of bad luck brian it truly is <laughs> they live of- in the fucking gray's anatomy universe where everything's fucking terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see here let's continue on as the verdict came in sexual assault survivors expressed their disappointment with the decision even if there were not even if they were not surprised by it excuse me i don't think it's unexpected but it's horrible says one survivor who herself faced the defamation claim after coming forward against her own abuser and requested her name be withheld for legal reasons. She says the claim was dropped, but that watching her be dragged through the mud during the trial brought back memories of her own experience, which she says was traumatic and led her to consider suicide. Okay. First of all, that's terrible. I'm very sorry about that. I think we all are. Uh, nobody, I, I just, it, it, okay. Let's two things can be true at the same time. You could have been with somebody that was incredibly abusive, 100%, and be treated like garbage and have PTSD from being in that relationship. Absolutely, yes, of course. It's awful. But she also, Amber Heard could also have been lying, okay? It's possible that those two things can be true at the same time. It's also true that probably these individuals, like Angel suggested, are toxic individuals. And when you mix in drugs and alcohol into an already toxic relationship my friends this is a recipe for disaster with that being the case though if we're going to play this game where people are allowed to go come forward and say hold on a minute you've done me wrong and i can prove that you've done me wrong and a jury says that you've done this person wrong so what we're supposed to do is that no matter what even if the claim is spurious where this person really didn't do anything to you. We just have to assume you're telling the truth, period, even if the evidence suggests that you're not. And I don't understand how that's okay. Like, for example, you know how on this show, we've advocated for the death penalty for people who like to rape individuals. I'm not shy about that. I don't think that's an extreme position. I find that to be the moderate position. The extreme position is the torturing of people for those who have raped individuals, okay? That's the extreme position. I think just tying somebody to a tree and getting some Nerf guns and taking care of them, that's the way to go, all right? For people who like to rape individuals, right? Okay, let's consider the inverse. So- Hold on, hold on. Otherwise, I'm gonna forget this. Okay. If an individual, if a lady comes forward and says, that man raped me, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody, including myself, are gonna be really hot and bothered because we're gonna think some son of a bitch did this to you, okay? This man is already guilty because I want to believe the woman who's saying this is being honest because it's the most egregious thing you can do to an individual, right? And who in their right mind would just accuse someone of that without? There it is. A hundred percent, right? Okay. When it's found out to be spurious and it's not true, there should be some recourse because that man's reputation, whether we like it or not, There is the court of public opinion. And once your reputation has been tarnished in such a public manner, 
or even as you as a private individual, if that happened to you, because people are crazy and they like to hurt people and do terrible things to them. Like if you want to break up with somebody, well, if I, if I can't have them, nobody can have them. If I can't have her, nobody can have her. And it has disastrous results from, uh, you know, on the moderate side, you know, having a re- reputation ruined, being accused of a crime to an individual murdering you because they're, they're, they're sick and insane and they can't just bear to see you be with somebody else. It happens, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But with that being the case, there should be some recourse for individuals who have lied and defamed an individual and, and uh, you know, made accusations that were that were blatantly false. There should be people should be allowed to address that what by, you know, private court, whatever, whatever the means might be that are available to that individual to, to address their, their grievance that I mean, seriously, that's all to me. I think that that's fair. I mean, I'm sorry, Angel. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, so, I mean, for him to have lost this case in another um, country, uh, I guess this is like his second go. I, I don't know how many go arounds. I'm I'm guessing two. They're yeah, Great Britain. He was, they did yeah. it in Great Britain. Um, he, you know, lost his case there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the case was presented here and, you know, you hear what's going on and the jury decides based upon the information and evidence that they've heard. I'm not sure if it was a jury trial. I don't know all the details, Um, but it sounds like there was a lot of tit for tat going on, a back and forth. uh, You do this, I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of victims of abuse and uh, sexual abuse who are trapped in relationships a lot of victims, when they fight back, it's not a, I'm going to shit in your bed. I, I don't know. They're terrified to fight back. You know? Yeah, yeah, precisely. I, I don't know all the details, but it just seems like they were like, both toxic people. Like, I fear you and you're abusive. I'm going to shit on your pillow. Right. I mean, and... She obviously had money, so she could have tried to escape at any point in time, um, get away from him. And, you know, a lot of these people in the Me Too movement who have come out and expressed uh, things that have occurred, they were in a um, different type of position, like the Harvey Weinstein um, and Rose McGowan, where she was made to feel like she had to do certain things in order to maintain um, her career mm-hmm. and proceed forward with things. Um, so I'm not, like I said, I don't know everything, but it doesn't sound like it's a me too thing, but I don't know. I could be wrong. All right. Well, no, fair enough. And again, I'm sure that people disagree. And you're you can feel free to disagree. Um, you know, at the end, uh, towards the end of this article, this uh, the lady says men always win, and um, I, you know, may, maybe you have a point, maybe not. I don't know what to tell you, um, but I do believe that once the die is cast, and uh, an individual with such a public profile as uh, John Depp has, like once you accuse him of being an abuser and you know, whatever, what you know no matter what the abuse is, be it, you know, uh, psychological or physical or what have you, he's doomed from the start, you know, and, you know, if he was okay, earned, but if he wasn't, that's a serious problem too. So anyway, I'm just glad it's out of the news cycle. Um, we can move on with our lives. At least I hope so. Um, 
here's a good one. This courtesy of Lexi, she sent this to me. Um, uh, this is uh, from the New York uh, Post, a uh, periodical of semi note uh, out of New York City. So this is um, so some lady from Philly. Okay, this is about her. So this woman gets a three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars settlement from a new of a two thousand eighteen New Jersey beach brawl bust. That was a good writing there. It was a good tongue twister. Okay, so a Philadelphia woman punched out by cops during a wild twenty eighteen caught on video beach brawl in New Jersey is getting the last laugh. Emily Weinman, whose violent arrest at Wildwood Beach went viral and who was later banned from the sunny summer spot is getting a $325,000 settlement from the city, the Star-Ledger said. See, women win. In this case, she's winning. Uh, she's lucky to be alive, uh, I'll tell you that. Weinman, who was 20 at the time, was seen on both bystander and police body cam footage being wrestled to the ground and punched twice by one of the officers while she screams. The scuffle began when cops confronted Weinman, uh, who was with her boyfriend, her 18-month-old child and a friend about having alcohol at the Jersey Shore Beach during Memorial Day weekend. The video starts with Wyman taking a breathalyzer test, but the encounter takes a turn when the cop begins to write her a summons for having alcohol, and she refused to cooperate and begins walking away. You can't do that. No. <laughs> Get over here, the cop says. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And Wyman responds. All right, the officer says. You're about to get dropped. Yo, don't touch me, she answers. What are you doing? Don't touch me. Then she lunges at the officers, wrestled to the ground, where she continues to struggle and yell at the cops to let her go. Finally, one of the officers is seen punching her while she screams, you're not allowed to beat me like that. She yells, I'm a woman. It, does, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to hit me like that and choke me. Um, I hate to tell you this, uh, Sugar. Yes, he is. He could do whatever he wants to you because they do all the time. Uh, Wyman continues to yell as she's handcuffed and led away. She was later indicted on aggravated assault and resisting arrest charges and pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct in February of 2019 when she was banned from the beach. It might be for the best. Okay. Maybe you go to Delaware or somebody else, somewhere else, rather. Just go to a different beach. Don't go to Jersey. I mean, I, I'm just, listen, I'm just telling you, I know a few things. I've been there. Tom's River, the whole fucking thing. Just go somewhere else. Okay. Go to Florida this kind of behavior in florida is normal you can drink on the beach with your kid all day long in florida nobody cares about anything they have alligators they, nobody cares nobody cares about anything you can, florida is the real free state you can do whatever you want down there okay both cops thomas cannon and robert jordan were cleared of wrongdoing of course what are you joking stop she, lunged, she lunged at him she yeah. did by the way um i i watched the video and um it's the cops that because she takes a breathalyzer she wasn't drinking she wasn't drinking. She wasn't abusing alcohol. She was underage. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And the cops harassed her, wanted her last name, and she wouldn't give them the last name. Like, no, no, I'm not doing this. She didn't do anything wrong. Again, what I, happens when you say no? <laughs> this is what happens when you say no. But she survived, lucky for her. Uh, but Weinman uh, filed a federal lawsuit in Pennsylvania against Wildwood and the police department claiming they uh, exaggerated her resistance to justify their unreasonable excessive use of force, the Star-Ledger said. The suit was settled earlier this month with Weinman getting a payoff. Former Wildwood Mayor Emily Ernie, Ernie Troriano, huh, yeah, you know, one of those guys, who was in office at the time of the incident, called it a travesty of justice, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported. He is a woman who's, who's carrying on the beach, assaulted police, Troriano said. They didn't escalate it. She's down there with alcohol. She pleads guilty. 
yet she gets the reward of $325,000. Get this fucking guy out of here. Treat the cops like they're trash, she said. Break the law if you want a payday. Your terms are acceptable. <laughs> right. And it's not like it's his money. It's the taxpayer's money. So who's the real loser here? Yeah, but it's money that he could have used to do something else. There's like the opportunity cost aspect of it. Like- ah, there we go. That's that's good. I like that, man. Yeah, the opportunity cost. That's good. All right. So um, I uh, I'm going to bring you some more of the same. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to brighten your day. I am here to drag you into the depths of hell uh, where we belong, uh, because uh, you get what you fucking deserve. Well, we didn't do anything, but whatever. It doesn't matter. We're here. Enjoy it. So this is from Matt Agarist, who does great work over at the Free Thought Project. It's a great website. Check it out. Good follow on Twitter, of course. Uh, this is from the 30th of last month, uh, 2022. This is no charges for FBI agents who covered for child rapists with 500 victims, allowing him to continue to prey on kids. A massive case involving over 100 women and girls shined a light on the horrid sexual abuse and cover-up that took place within the USA Gymnastics Program. For decades, children were, quote, sacrificed and their abusers protected, according to one of the victims. In 2017, the man at the center of the depravity pled guilty to multiple charges of sexual assault against children and was sentenced to decades behind bars. We would later find out that the FBI knew about the abuse and allowed the depraved child predator Larry Nasser to continue preying on little girls for more than a year after finding out. Despite these facts, the United States Department of Justice on Thursday announced that it will adhere to a previous decision and not charge the two former FBI agents involved in the mishandling investigation. They this- just wanted to make sure they had enough evidence to bury him. You know, you know what I mean? They got to build a case, you know? Sure, of course. <laughs> of course. This decision uh, comes after multiple reviews and analyses of evidence gathered in the investigation of the former agents and reflects the recommendation of experienced prosecutors, the DOJ statement reads. This does not in any way reflect the view that the investigation of Nasser was handled as it should have been, nor in a way reflect, uh, nor in a, any way reflect approval or disregard of the conduct of former agents. The horrid nightmare that is the sexual abuse within the U.S. Olympic gymnastics program was brought to light in 2016 when former gymnast Rachel Den Hollander uh, called for a regime change within the organization. She's one of more than 125 victims, including U.S. Olympic champion and three-time gold medalist Ali Raisman, who came forward with evidence of the cover-ups and abuse. According to a report from the Inspector General of the United States Department of Justice, the Indianapolis FBI office facilitated this abuse as it violated agency procedures, made false statements, and exhibited extremely poor judgment in the handling of the 2015 sexual abuse allegations against Nasser. Quote, senior officials in the FBI Indianapolis field office failed to respond to allegations of sexual abuse of athletes by former USA gymnastic physician Lawrence Gerard Nasser with the urgency that the allegations required, the inspector general's office said in a statement. We also found that the FBI field office in Indianapolis made fundamental errors when, when it did respond to the allegations, failed to notify the appropriate FBI field office that is the Lansing resident agency or the state or local authorities of the allegations have failed to take other steps to mitigate the ongoing threat posed by Nasser. So ladies and gentlemen, your government does a few things really well. One of them is not protect the children or any regular human beings. Yeah. At the local state and federal level, like the schools, the gymnastics programs, just line it up to the fucking core. 
It really, yeah, truly. And again, I know that we, it's, it's a mantra on the show. And I know that I speak for a lot of folks when I say, I don't know how you're going to vote your way out of this. I, I don't see how that's going to happen. We just but haven't voted just hard vote, enough. Vote man. harder, like, man. Yeah. Vote harder. Put your fucking back into it. Vote like this is Midterms the election of your life. Yeah. It's the election of these you children's know. lives. They're dying for these fucking midterms, man. Do you know what the, this guy actually did? Go on. He sexually abused these children in front of their parents. He 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 shoved his fingers inside of their vaginas and their assholes and then back into their vaginas and gave them fucking infections and said that it was part of his treatment. They were he was adjusting their pelvises. This fucking guy is a piece of shit. And the, and the girls, because he did it in a way so the parents couldn't see what he was doing, and the girls thought that it was fucking normal. They thought it was normal that this guy was sticking his fucking fingers in their vagina and in their asshole without any gloves on and sticking his finger back in their fucking vagina. Because they didn't know any better because they're because this world is fucked up. That's why. Because he's a doctor. Um, it's like, oh, this doctor. guy went to school. Right. Like, he knows more than me. What do I know? Like, this is for my best interests or whatever. Like, right. you want to make the team, don't you? You want to go to the Olympics, don't you? And there were plenty of girls who did who felt uncomfortable, who said their back was better and refused to go and get treatment from this fucking guy. Mm-hmm. And their backs are worse now because they played injured and never sought treatment because they knew they were going to be sent back to that fucking guy and they didn't want to diddled they didn't have anywhere else to go right yeah i'm I'm assuming that that picture at the top of the article is in fact him yes that that dude that dude even looks like a fucking cretin dude he's a fucking piece of shit this guy he is a piece of shit for those of you who are uh, taking this uh, podcast on the audio-only version, I can only describe him as a skinny, uh, balding, black-haired individual with glasses that, in fact, does look like Chester. Chester the child molester. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, if you're interested, which I know none of you will click on, the notes will be uh, on the podcast page. It'll be available for you to look up. So, yes, yeah, so... Your your federal agents hard at work doing absolutely nothing to protect um, to protect the children of this country. Uh, law enforcement from top to bottom, disgusting, filthy pigs, all of them. I don't care if if your brother's uncle is a good guy. I, I don't give a shit if it's your cousin. That it's a cop, man. All cops are bastards. Like I don't care. I, I we're done. Like this enough is enough already. And the ones that do try to make a difference, you know what happens to them? They get punished internally and they eventually quit. And then when they try to blow the whistle on everything, they go after them. Because, no, this is the with the thin blue line might as well be an iron curtain. Like, you're never going to get through that thing. Like I said, I if you have other solutions that you would like to present that you guys think would, you know, help keeping police accountable. Like, you know, back in, uh, you know, when Reagan banned carrying firearms on uh, state property, because of the Black Panthers, because the Black Panthers were driving around and stopping at police stops to monitor police behavior because of how the cops were treating uh, black folks in this country. That's kind of where this all that's where they, you know, this all started off with that. Ronald Reagan, the great conservative gun loving hero, who's the reason why we can't order machine guns. OK, that guy, uh, you know, they because of these black folks policing the police, what happens is that now nobody has the right to carry firearms. Right. 
on state property or, 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 you know, open carry in California, whatever the case may be. If you tried to do that now, if there was a car full of African-American folks armed and paying attention to what the cops were doing, you would have piles of dead bodies in the streets because the cops are not going to put up with that shit. Armed black folks are not what they want to see. They're going to kill you all. That's, that's what they, that's what they're going to do. That's what, if you, if you're armed and poor, they're going to kill you too. Like they're just, they're an army of occupation. You got to stop looking at safety services. Okay. EMS and firemen. Yes. Safety service. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. 100%. 100%. The song doesn't say fuck the firemen. Hey, for real. Nope. It most certainly does not. (laughs) There's that. But yeah, man, it's, these people do nothing, but they, they, they extort us. They take our money. And then they allow this kind of behavior to happen, which Angel has just described, which is just torturous. I think that's the trial where the father tried to jump at the guy, where you asked the judge if he could have a minute alone with that guy. And the judge said no. And he jumped the bench anyway to attack him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if the bailiffs and the uh, the police in that in that courtroom had any decency, they would have delayed the reaction for about 20 seconds and let the uh, oops <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah pull the oh, ring. my back no. hurts a little bit i'm gonna like stretch out first like yeah but that's <laughs> not what happened hey, oy vey, i took a claritin before i came in here and i'm still <laughs> kind of foggy <laughs> dude dude speaking of allergies man i have been an absolute wreck the last three days in the Northeast Ohio Soviet, man, it has been really bad with tree pollen. The trees like snowing tree oh, pollen. Oh God! Like it, I was actually glad for the thunderstorms yesterday because the pollen has been so bad that there was like pollen residue built up on the side of my windshield because uh-huh. I used my wipers to wipe like the pollen off my windshield, and there was like this yellow streak on the side of my windshield it was it was legit it was like pollen residue build up yeah it was gross yeah very gross yeah Yeah, no good thank goodness i don't have bad allergies i've been all right well i'm glad that you've been all right man because it hasn't not not to rub it in or anything oh that's okay man take your victories where you get them because i'll tell you what i'd be happy to be uh to not have allergies myself it's uh it's been a real insufferable um Especially when, you know, you, end, you go outside for like 15 minutes and then you'll feel like, you know, your throat start to itch and you're like, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And then for the next two hours, you're just a snot factory. It's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so moving on to more depressing news. You wanted it. Too bad if you didn't. I'm going to give it to you. We are going to serve you a huge sandwich made out of feces and despair on this show right now. We're going to keep going hard into the paint, full court press. On the negativity, uh, this one, once again, the Free Thought Project, I highly recommend. Plenty of great stuff on here. This is very heartbreaking here. This is, once again, Matt Agarist from uh, ch- uh, yesterday published this article. Uh, the government to steal elderly man's house over $753,000 they fined him for, uh, for working uh, on a car in his own backyard. Okay, so this is from Comufornia. Big surprise. I know you're shocked. Try to duct tape your skull back together. I know you're surprised to hear Comufornia is the source of this um, poor man's uh, situation, but it, it has had Dan Alstad, a retired 83-year-old from California who may spend the rest of his life homeless and penniless because government claims what you can and can't do with your own property. Alstad never harmed anyone, nor did he destroy or otherwise harm anyone else's property, 
But these facts are irrelevant to the state who claims Allstead owes them $572,000 for using his private property the way he wanted. Allstead worked on old cars in his yard, own yard, and according to the city of Sacramento, this is illegal. When Allstead disputed the city's claim, the city then told Allstead he owed them money. Now, Allstead is worried that the state will come and seize his home because he can't afford to pay the ridiculous high fines. According to an article from the Sacramento Bee, Allstead's nightmare began in 2014 when he brought a van into his backyard to fix then a code enforcement penalty, according to the local government. Yet he also had at least five other vehicles on the property, some of which he inherited. When his brother died, he said a neighbor complained and then the city cited him, claiming all the vehicles appeared to be inoperable. It also issued violations for other backyard items, car parts, generators, propane tanks, and fruit that had fallen off of his orange and grapefruit trees. Allstat has since removed the inoperable, inoperable vehicles and other items. To be clear, none of these vehicles could be seen as they were in his backyard behind a privacy fence, and the front of Allstat's home is well kept and maintained. Absolutely no one is being harmed or was ever harmed by Allstat working on vehicles, but the state still pursued the case. Despite the fact that Allstead has since removed all the violations, the city still claims he owes them over half a million dollars. He appealed their fines, but lost that appeal this month. Right, because again, the, the, they're all paid by the same the people in the Justice Department. It's all the same team, okay? Allstead argued that the fines total uh, over half a million dollars were excessive and that violate his Eighth Amendment right to be free from excessive fines imposed. Hardy, har, har. The city claimed that Allstat's accusations of excessive fines for working on vehicles in his own backyard were unfounded and unsupported. Allstat also argued, accused the city, excuse me, of using code enforcement as a predatory means to collect revenue. There we go, which will render him homeless and penniless. The city also claimed this was unfounded. Imagine the type of mental gymnastics it takes for a city code enforcer to think that finding a retiree $573,000 for working on a van in his own backyard is not excessive or predatory. Nevertheless, the court took Allstat's claims, threw them out, and used them as an opportunity to mock him in their dismissal of his appeal. Quote, defendant's argument is unfocused and difficult to discern, a third district court of appeals judge Louis Mauro wrote in the ruling. The city claims... They will now work with Allstat and provide him support as they rob him of his home and money. The city can charge such exorbitant and unreasonable fees for having things in, in the backyard is beyond belief, Allstat said to the Sacramento Bee. I don't know how they're able to do this. It's, it is perplexing how disputed allegations of so-called junk and debris in a person's backyard can escalate to the point where the city owns your property. Perplexing indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, if, we've, if those of you who already know this, if you're new, We've been saying it for a while. They will do whatever they want, whatever they want. They will take whatever they want, including your own life, if you put up enough of a fight. Um, it's, you know, it, it really is depressing. And I feel sorry for this um, octogenarian who is now probably going to be deprived of a place to live. Um, the only thing I could say is at least he won't be homeless in Alaska where he'll be dead for sure. Um, but you know, this is—it's just more tragedy. It's just terrible. I, 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 um, I second with uh, our friend Ray, who said that we need to give—you uh, know—give Texas and California back to Mexico, um, or somebody else. I vote giving California to, to communist China. That's who I think they really should go to. I really want to see that social credit score really pushed on the celebrity class. Um, I because you know they all think that they're they're going to be okay. 
but trust me, eventually it will come for you. Event. I mean, it's inevitable. Nobody gets out of that. There's, there were no old Bolsheviks that survived. Trust me. Today you, tomorrow me. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So that uh, is some more um, positive news. Now, here's a question for you guys. Here's a question. Are you familiar with the Mises Caucus? Anybody? Uh, I've heard of this, yes. All right. What about uh, you gentlemen? Christopher, you're aware of who they are? Yes, sir. All right. And Brian? I've also heard, I see a lot of their stuff on Twitter, but I don't really delve too deeply into it. Sure. Um, well, they uh, they were elected to all national positions within the party. So there was a big takeover by the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party. Okay. Now, there's a lot of very angry Libertarian Party people who are not fans of the Mises Caucus. And um, Aaron Ross Powell goes ahead with this description of this group, this caucus, uh, who he says the Mises Caucus isn't libertarian, but is instead a right wing nationalist, xenophobic, reactionary, fascist and fascism adjacent movement that they're taking over the Libertarian Party means that the LP is no longer a libertarian party. Okay, uh, Aaron Ross Powell is a research fellow at the Cato Institute, a premier libertarian think tank. Um, another account here says here, if you have been on the sidelines refusing to believe that the Ron Paul revolution could take over the LP, you now have your answer 100% complete takeover by the LP Mises Caucus. This is a party that you can be proud of today. This is a party that you should get involved with today in order to win 3% of the popular vote. Um, a quite a, a remarkable <laughs> um, I, I don't mean i know that there's like i know there's we have uh like one particular uh uh fan of ours one one that listener um who a friend of the show who has gone to conventions and stuff this isn't about like i understand why you go because you try to give people an anarchist or an agorist perspective that you run into these i understand that you're almost proselytizing um to to the filthy masses and i appreciate that you know who you are um but the idea that winning three percent or getting dog catcher in knox county uh kentucky or wherever knox county might be located several knox counties across the, the plain i don't think that that's a remarkable achievement they tout it as one um i think the last time you had a viable third party was the reform party with ross perot and in fact, they were so effective, he was so effective, that the Republicans and Democrats got together and said, never again are these people ever going to be allowed to disrupt this duopoly. This is not, this is unacceptable. We'll make the rules of who's allowed to come to uh, the debate, uh, you know, what the debate uh, rules are, or what uh, the percentages you need to have in order to have a podium at a presidential debate. You know, we are going to make sure that they don't, that this never happens again, because that Ross Perot cost George W. Bush, uh, his dad, George H.W., the election in 92. He's the reason why the, he didn't win, because um, Clinton, I think, got less than what we got like 40 some percent of the vote. Like it was it wasn't very high, uh, clearly not the 81 million that Joe Biden won. Um, because, you know, he's very popular right now. And if you guys know that $8 a gallon will make you very popular. Uh, popular that, that and coherent. The gas prices. <laughs> Listen, $8 a gallon is the price you're going to pay for not being attacked by the Russians, bitch. Okay. I, I, has anybody seen the virtue signaling 
from oh yeah like oh yeah if paying five dollars a gallon means i get to stick it to putin then i'm glad to do it have fun only going to work forever now like because you can't afford gas to go anywhere else that's right that's that you you want yeah you will you will go nowhere and you will like it uh, along with owning nothing and you will enjoy it Uh, i think we're on track honestly they got bugs and soylent green they're like it yep there's i saw some articles there's like four primary schools in the uk where they're putting like locusts and mealworms and shit on the menu really yeah the uk yeah wow wow i wonder what queen victoria would say all about all that i don't think she would care yeah, probably not. She's probably, probably not. having spotted dick anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. With imported spices from India. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Empress of India never went there, but she's still in charge or was at least. So oh, Harris, the border. Yeah, we've been to the border. We're going to the border. I've never been to Europe. <laughs> that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Angel was shocked. She told me today. She's like, oh, I had no idea that she was a whore. <laughs> no, she I, she's a two thousand dollar a night call girl back in the day, I guess. Two grand a night. Like, what? Yeah. Actually, yeah, who would who would pay that much for that? I don't know. Apparently she dated some mayor. I forget his name. Something brown. Yeah. And apparently she was his like escort and she you know Mm -hmm. fucked and sucked her way up hey it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll i guess you got to put a lot of dicks in your mouth (laughs) yes yes a lot of dicks a lot of dicks in the mouth and kamala harris is the perfect mouth for all makes me think of that louis ck skit where he's like every time a woman sucks a dick it's got to take a little bit more out of her (laughs) 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 okay here we go Yeah, and you know what, though? I think that she probably extracted the essence of whatever soul was behind the dick, and now she's like a witch who owns all of these souls, and that's where the cackling comes from. <laughs> probably. Yeah. She's an evil bitch. Nobody likes her. Um, slave labor benefactor. Terrible person. No good. So let's check this out. So this article is from Jeremy Kaufman. Um, whose libertarian party is this? Yeah, if you were find out. Last weekend, the Mises Caucus, a coalition within the Libertarian Party, was elected to all national positions within the party. Okay, uh, let's the two types of libertarian. Let's look at the two archetypes of libertarian. But before we do that, a quick aside on ethics and cognition. Some libertarians believe that th- it is rationality that caused them to adopt their beliefs. My view is that while logic may play have played a role, excuse me, the evidence is strong that humans ra- have rather innate ethical in- intuitions and mostly use reason to justify them. All right, so we're following along. Occasionally, reason can be used to overrule our, inst- uh, our intuitions, but this is, is difficult and rare. For a longer exposition on this idea, explore the work of Jonathan Haidt. For a succinct example, consider how great everyone thinks their arguments on abortion are and how rarely they actually change anyone's mind. Okay. A compassionate libertarian holds an ethical impulse oriented towards equality, egalitarianism, and tolerance. They were attracted to libertarian philosophy because because free markets really do make everyone better off. They are big on immigration because they see many people worse off that could have a much better life in America. They are nearly universally socially progressive and place primacy on social issues like sex work and LGBTQ rights. 
because they see these as minority groups that are suffering injustice or harm. This archetype opposed the Mises Caucus. An individualistic libertarian holds an ethical impulse towards personal freedom and against authority. They were attracted to libertarian philosophy because they find the state uh, deontologically, deontologically, I can't even Deontologically. Thank you. Um, I'm thirsty. I apologize. Uh, evil and how it exerts itself. They care a lot about mask mandates because the idea of state violence being used to stop something as basic as seeing each other's faces felt viscerally wrong. They love free markets, but care more about free markets because of how they will personally benefit. They may or may not be socially progressive, but even the progressive ones are unlikely to place primacy on social issues. This archetype is supported by the Mises Caucus. The quintessential compassionate libertarian is an economist that likes to talk about how open borders would triple the American GDP. The quintessential individualistic libertarian is a small-scale entrepreneur or trade worker that likes to chant, end the Fed. These are not exclusive categories. Any given libertarian may be 20% of one group and 80% of the other. Either way, compassionate libertarians used to control the libertarian party, but individualistic ones took over. The cause of the divide. Of the Republicans, Democrats, and Libertarians, Libertarians are the most likely ones to believe that politics is about policy. The belief is humorous because despite the divide between the two sides getting so heated, there aren't that many policy, th that many policy matters the two groups actually disagree on. Both groups want to end every war, substantially cut taxes, have unfettered trade, and end the drug war, etc. While these are some matters of policy disagreement, the actual cause of the divide is about what is emphasized by the party and how that will be perceived by the others, particularly others close to them. Compassionate libertarians are more likely to be found working white collar jobs in large companies. When the party says something that many people disagree with, they get concerned about how they will be judged by the people that know they are a libertarian. So compassionate libertarians tend not to like messages like this one. And this one is from the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Legalized child labor, children will learn more on job site on a job site than a public school. Individualistic libertarians were less likely to have a problem with this, either because they have a disposition that is more tolerant to saying things that are true but unpopular, or because they have a life position where they are less affected. On the other hand, individualistic libertarians tend not to like messages like this one. This is from Joe Jorgensen, who won even less of the vote than Gary Johnson, who didn't know where Aleppo was. It is not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. It's a very stupid tweet, and I'm not a member of the Mises Caucus. I don't like the not-not. Not not the yeah. double negative. Yeah, it's not enough to be pass to be passively not racist. It's it's too many knots and and one. All right. I don't like the not not. All right, so it's not so much a double negative; it's just too many knots in the sentence. Okay, that's fine. Individualistic libertarians disliked this tweet because they saw it as pandering, which it was, by the way, ineffective. Also, it was not effective whatsoever, and unrepresentative of what libertarians believe. Compassionate libertarians like this tweet because they saw it as making their political philosophy more socially acceptable. That's an L. It's not happening, and not L for libertarian. Finally, one repeated criticism I've seen in the Mises camp is they just want to be edgy, but I think that is false. They may be slightly more edgy for the reason described above, but what is, but what is edgy is just as much driven by the milieu of each camp. Where libertarians can go, they can go fuck themselves. Where libertarians can go, I'm just kidding. Many people know they can, but I mean, it's up to you, as long as it's consensual. 
Many people in both camps. <laughs> of, if you're fucking yourself, isn't it consensual? I don't know. Did you talk to your hands? Uh, split personalities. Yeah. Mm, okay. 80 20 yeah. split of compassionate versus individual. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Many people in both camps of libertarians feel that the other camp can't be worked with. And they're right, by the way. I fully agree. This is great. They hate each other the way the, the duopoly hates each other, it, but just on a much smaller scale and just even more ineffective than the other two. Right. Really? More ineffective because it's cannibalization. <laughs> right. It's funny. You know? This is great. I'd like us to try to be uh, exceptional and use our logic to overwhelm that impulse. Political parties succeed when they allow different coalitions to work together to achieve success. There's no political party like no political party, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's see here. Uh, my strongest request is that both camps recognize that there are people with vastly different personalities and dispositions that want similar political changes. If we can't work with people so close to us on actual policy preferences, we have no hope of achieving them. For the individualistic libertarians, my requests are, one, be humble in your victory and attempt to rebuild relationships that may have been damaged over the last year. You are the victor. It's your job to be magnanimous. Often the victor destroys their enemy and salts the earth. Dickhead. Remember, I mean, <laughs> the Nazis didn't win and we're like, you know, we're going to be nice to the communists and the conservatives and the monarchists. They're like, no, everybody's going to the camp that disagrees. You understand? You're not in a position to negotiate. That's very strange. We, we have won and we will be magnanimous. <laughs> but we also get to decide what magnanimous means now because. Yeah, we get to decide what germ, what, what, what defines German. Define what a German is. Define woman. Yes. Define. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, number two, appreciate that even libertarians you regard as blue-pilled or soft are on your side and are frequently doing strong intellectual work that backs up the ideas that you know are true. Number three, accept and encourage the inclusion of at least some messaging appeals to the other camp, even if you regard it as cringe and definitely not based. Number four, work as hard as you can to make the Libertarian Party larger and more effective than it ever has been. Otherwise, you will be regarded as failures. Yes, you will be the exact failures of the people that you just replaced. And trust me, that's the fate of the whole thing anyway. But I digress. This is for the compassionate libertarians. My requests are, number one, accept that your loss happened. At least give the new group in control a chance to succeed before publicly attacking. Number two, appreciate that even the libertarians who you may regard as crude, conspiratorial, or insensitive mostly want the same things you do, and that there's a lot of these people. Number three, accept that there may be a messaging from a new party that you don't love. Focus on amplifying the messaging you do, you do agree with. Attempt to show the messaging you prefer works better and complain privately if you're not getting it. Number four, assuming you meet request one, do not leave the party. Work to recruit more people who will agree with you or convert those in the party uh, in, in the party to your camp because it is important that both camps are represented. There's no force on earth that can stop an idea whose time has come except for ourselves. What a noble St. St. Crispin's Day speech from Jeremy Kaufman. Okay, so first of all, I have something to say really quickly. Go on. Okay, I'm going to share the screen. Please. This guy down here looks like a complete douchebag this jeremy kaufman <laughs> bag picture yeah douchebag all right secondly <laughs> he's saying to the individualistic libertarians to be like the compassionate libertarians and he's telling those compassionate ones 
to continue to stay compassionate and convert these assholes to what you are. Yeah. That's all he's saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a pretty succinct way of putting it. I agree. There's, there's an obvious bias in it. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like they worked a little harder on one side and making them look a little bit better. Right. And then the other one, right. it's like, yeah, hey, here's some shit about them. Like Let's... one side's <laughs> fluffy like a bunny and the other side's like a fucking dog with mange. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And um, I'm, I don't care. I'm not a member. I, I once touted that I was going to be the founder of the Marxist Leninist caucus of the Libertarian Party. Um, I may revive that idea. So if you're interested in joining the Marxist Leninist, no, 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 let's change it. Let's read. Let's redo the messaging, Christopher. We are now the home podcast for the Trotskyist caucus of the Libertarian Party. If you find yourself to be a Libertarian Trotskyist, we are the people for you, and we will take over. <laughs> yes. And when we defeat our enemies in our stupid inter-party voting in, in the primaries for our uh, for electing our positions, we will stab everybody with ice picks. Where we will stab? Them? <laughs> we're taking a we're taking a glass the earth approach. That's right. We will stab. It won't be in Mexico City, ladies and gentlemen. We will stab you with an ice pick in many locations. We are. Uh, uh, one, yeah. one can only hope that we get to die gloriously with a hatchet to the head in Mexico City. What a way to go. What a way to go. So, yes. So if you're interested in joining the um, Trotskyist caucus of the Libertarian Party, we're your people. So, please, <laughs> Jeremy, if you're ever going to hear this, which you're not, let's be honest. But if you do in the minute chance, change your picture. Angel says change your it'll picture. it'll reduce the risk of ad hominem attacks against your argument. <laughs> yes. uh, secondly, my, my, my friend, please just understand that people rejected your ideas. And they don't um, they don't agree with you. Am I out of touch? <laughs> no, yeah. it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> they, um, when Joe Jorgensen, who was even bigger of a failure than Gary Johnson was, um, you know, remember, Joe Jorgensen ran against a man with dementia and a sexual predator, and she still did worse than Gary Johnson did. So it wasn't I, qualified. I guess I mean I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I would have voted Larry, for. I bet Nasser would be qualified if they'd let him out of prison. Oof, yikes! I would have voted for Vermin Supreme. I, I would have come out of my 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 closet that I work in here, as I was told. This is my closet. I would have came. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing this again. Goddamn right we are. Because I, I love this closet. This is my closet, and I'm coming out of the closet. And I would have voted for Vermin Supreme, 100. percent to have a man with a boot on his head debating Making a mockery of oh, the whole thing. I love it. That's yeah, worth yeah. the vote. That's worth going to the poll. That didn't happen. They fixed the election against Vermin Supreme. Um, and um, we got Joe Jorgensen and the concession was Spike Cohen, who Spike is a very good guy and he's very intelligent. And he says that he's an anarchist and that and I respect that. I just think that even he someone who is as intelligent as he is should know that this is a fool's errand to use the title of a book of an individual we've had on this show. So, Jeremy, Angel says, get a new profile picture. I say the um, <laughs> V-neck shirt like I can rock a V-neck right here. It's not exactly the best look. Um, yeah, show off the hamburger meat, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? The furry hamburger meat, maybe not so much a good thing. I think a suit and tie would be appropriate if you're looking to 
you know, maintain that. I mean, well, either way. Um, Nobody cares what you look like. Stop putting your picture in articles, people. <laughs> Nobody cares. We don't oh. want to see your stupid face in, in, uh, on LinkedIn or Outlook either. We don't <laughs> care what you look like. LinkedIn, man. LinkedIn. That's a lot of fun there. That's a Stop lot of fun. Stop doing it. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else are we going to talk about? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey. Movie review. And those of you who have Netflix, I haven't canceled mine yet. I'm hoping for the third season of Ragnarok uh, to come out sometime soon here. Um, great show. It's made in Norway. Great show. It's uh, like the the reincarnation. Yes, Brian's tattoo came from Norway. It's the Norse compass. Oh, I thought he was raising his hand to speak. I'm like, what the no. hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> Just is- interrupt him. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no mind to me. Um, no, this is a gr- it's a great show. If you haven't seen it, it's like, you know, like this kid uh, becomes like, I don't know, takes on Thor, becomes Thor, and Odin's in there, and the, and the, the giants are in there. And it's it's awesome. It's a great show. It's fantastic. And it, Loki's there doing bad things. No good. It's great. Watch the show. It's fantastic. You have to get the subtitles unless you speak Norwegian and Old Norse. So it gives you a real good, like, authentic feel. Like, it comes from uh, the All-Father's homeland, um, Asgard, what have you. Uh, but movie review. This one is also on Netflix. I watched the other day. I forced Angel to at least be in the room and watch it. Um, <laughs> Whether she did or she didn't, it doesn't matter. She was present. She voted present, like Barack Obama did so many times in the Senate. Voted present. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was about uh, King Henry V and the events leading up to the Battle of Agincourt and the fall, subsequent fallout from it. Um, excellent job capturing medieval warfare to a, to a great extent. It's not a 10 out of 10. Perfection is, is unattainable, unless it's the Lord of the Rings, in which case it is. But this is not um, a documentary on the Lord of the Rings. This is, in fact, uh, a film that's about Henry V. The battle scenes at Agincourt, the mud is a little overplayed. It wasn't as muddy, according to the contemporary uh, uh, witnesses of the Battle of Agincourt. But it's pretty rad how the archers played such a great role in taking out the French cavalry by killing the horses because the horses were largely unarmored. Um, it, it was excellent. Just a couple of liberties taken with the film. Number one, Henry V was not a relaxed and groovy kind of guy. Like most English kings of that time, he was very bellicose and looking to expand his kingdom. Um, he felt that he inherited the crown of France, and that's why he went down there. Uh, it, but it, the battle scenes are fantastic. If you're into that sort of thing, you can fast forward all the way to the battle scenes where they yell for God and St. George and they run out there. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. The English were actually fighting on the high ground, much like Obi-Wan Kenobi was. Not like the film. The film shows the French cavalry coming down the hill. It's actually the other way around. Uh, the, the English held the high ground like Obi-Wan Kenobi. By the way, we did. Angel also watched Obi-Wan, two episodes that came out last week. I don't know why the black ladies. I don't know why the black lady's getting so much goddamn hate. I'm really upset about that. I think she's awesome. I love to see a Sith Lord, a nice red lightsaber, and she's pissed off. She wants to fight the Obi Wan Kenobi. I think it's great. I had a lot of fun with that. Lots of fun. If you have Disney Plus, watch it. If you, you know, it, I enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed seeing Obi Wan at a low point because I'm not a fan of the man or his religious fanatics. I don't like any of them. Uh, I root for the bad guy. Um, and in this case, the bad guy is the good guy and the good guy is Darth Vader. So it's fantastic. Please check it out. Um, but yes, The King, it's the name of the film. The King, Joe Byers, who's been on this show a couple of times, recommended it to me. So I checked it out. Uh, it was great. So 
I, I hope Brian was taking notes, Brian. I expect a full report from you, sir. Um, if you if you check out the King, I think you'll like it. I think you'll already. Like it. Yes, you'll enjoy it. Um, that's, ho- that's homework for you, young man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The the schoolmaster has spoken. Apparently, uh, no. Just kidding. Um, watch it voluntarily, um, please. Today or else. Now. <laughs> watch it voluntarily or else <laughs> right so um i don't know if anybody has anything else they would like to discuss today before we uh wrap up the show angel do you have anything you would i like do to i found this article from the washington free beacon and it says drivers in washington state don't have to stop for cops anymore really yeah go on uh, do tell after Washington State passed the law to constrain police officers, state drivers are refusing to pull over when asked by the cops. Northwest News Network recorded nearly a thousand failure to yield incidents in 2022. P- patrol officers have described a sharp rise in motorists fleeing traffic stops, speeding away sometimes in stolen cars, according to one county police chief. Mm. Washington House Bill 1054, which Governor Jay Inslee Democrat signed into law last year has banned police from pursuing traffic violators in their cruisers unless the officer is granted permission by a supervisor or the perpetrator is uh, suspected of being under the influence or having committed a violent offense and is causing imminent danger or must be identified. Something has changed. People are not stopping right now, a Washington State Patrol sergeant told the Associated Press. It's happening three to five times a shift on some nights and then a couple of times of week uh, a couple of times during the week on a day shift the change comes as elected officials have passed laws to restrict traditional policing tactics involving the use of force and duty to intervene in cases of officer misconduct more than half of the US states instituted such reforms since the killing of George Floyd in May of 2020 interesting. pretty interesting that is very interesting i had not heard that thank you yeah so hopefully that that comes around because that's why all these problems happen. Like, just mind your own business. Don't don't pull. There's forget it. Yeah, I know for a fact that on the uh, the Garden State Parkway in you know the aforementioned New Jersey, where I've cautioned people from going to their beaches, uh, they in fact the New Jersey State Police was causing accidents uh, to occur because they would come out during rush hour, you know, to extract money from the motorists trying to travel to their soul-sucking jobs and they have to drive on this piece of shit highway and the cops are on there so they would slow down hit the brakes and people end up you know rear-ending each other and stuff they finally people got they got wind and they were like we're not going to come out because now it's going to cost us more money to get the bus out there and get people you know sent to the hospital or whatever uh so now they just stay off of the high which you know again it's not about your safety they're trying to generate revenue i mean Mm -hmm. seriously i mean come on you know what, what's the old phrase if you if if you can get a, get out of it w- with paying a fine it's legal for a price or something like that something to that effect yeah it's not a crime for the rich no no certainly not certainly not so no that's good news uh you know what that you brought the silver lining in an otherwise very dark and depressing episode uh which again i aim to bring you more of the same and will continue to do so so uh do you have anything else angel before we uh no that was it i've just always been saying for a very long time that they should change how they do things because a lot of these times people the reason why people react the way that they do is because they're afraid that they're going to go to jail for the rest of their life over doing something that 
they want to do or they're participating in that the state or other people, actors of the state, have mm -hmm. determined illegal and are now out to get you and to put you in a cage for 25 fucking years. Like, yeah. no wonder why they run, because yeah. your life is fucking over at that point. So you may as well do something. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. So I definitely agree with you. I think it's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brian, do you have anything before we conclude? Uh, no, I'm all good. Excellent. And Christopher, do you have anything before we conclude? No, sir. All right. Excellent. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a bonus episode here in the next couple of days. Um, I don't want to get too excited. We've been working on this for a while. Those of you that know, that know. Uh, trying to do, trying to get this organized. It's, uh, it's, it's been a little bit difficult, travel plans and so on and so forth. But we do have a concrete plan of of putting something together for bonus episodes so look out for that hopefully i could deliver if not i'll just you know shove some of the gay soap up my ass and just wipe away my tears with the gay soap could do that but before i get to that point in the show i would like to thank our sponsors of course agorasnexus.com i pay and all accidents are happy accidents ray faba very fine art and design from the great lakes very talented artist and of course team mandalore who will continue to keep cycling extremely weird and we are grateful for all of them and of course our patrons whom we uh genuinely care about and i've had personal conversations with a few of you, you already know who you are um uh it i, I really appreciate uh you know the, the the friendship that we've developed on this show with, with with those of you and of course i hope you enjoy the extra content you're getting on there was two episodes last week uh that we put out uh, again two bucks little man put that shit in my hand if your money doesn't show then you don't get the extra fucking content um anyway uh, for those of you that know, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you to the patrons. Deeply grateful for you guys uh, believing in the show as much as you want to throw some money at it. Keep it solvent, I guess you could say. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come, of course. What would this show be without us talking about your asshole health? Now, yes, the time has come and gone where the hot temperatures have, have arrived, as we've talked about at the beginning of the show, and they have departed. And they have probably found you and left you in the same condition prior to the hot weather. You probably still stink. You probably still have a dirty asshole. You probably aren't taking very good care of yourself and you're using detergents instead of actual soap, which is a shame, truly, because for a long time I've advocated on this program for the first sponsor of the Use Guys in that podcast, which is Todd's Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. Now, I plan to see Todd tomorrow, so we are hopefully going to have a nice discussion about the gay soap if we have some new flavors what's happening with the website i haven't checked in for a while but i'm going to get to work on it see if todd has any summer plans perhaps a summer blend of gay soap perhaps something a little more fruity no no jokes intended out of that okay fruity as in summary you know pride month man come on we're good uh, yeah yeah happy yeah raytheon says happy pride month okay? show me the saudi emblem please <laughs> Raytheon and Boeing say Happy Pride Month. Did you see um, the Marine Corps one? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, that's that fucking shit's wild. Sorry, uh, didn't yeah. mean to derail. That's okay. That's okay. Happy Pride Month, everybody, and uh, every month is Pride, Pride Month. month fucking... <laughs> every month on this show is Pride Month. It's Pride Day. It's Pride Podcast. We are pro gay and proud of it all year long. We don't need to change our fucking banner for nobody. We fly that gay pride flag proudly all over the place because we actually support the gay business getting back to that now father's day is approaching for those of you who 
who are looking to smell good for Father's Day, you're going to be forced to cook. Happy Father's Day. Here's the here's the um, here's the you know, here's the meats and here's the barbecue. Get to work, asshole. We're not taking you out for dinner. It's not Mother's Day. Mother's Day is supposed to be nice and relaxing. Father's Day is just another day. They get you a grill or they get you something that you could use to cook people charred meats. That's fine. Men don't mind. They enjoy the grilling experience. Certainly I do. Um, but nobody's going to enjoy being around you, dad, uh, if you have a smelly asshole. Okay. Now, dads are known to be a little bit stinky because they're dads. They don't have time to really maybe get into getting cleaned up. You know, those days have kind of passed them by, perhaps. You know, I'm an old dad now. I have an almost 20 year old. Okay. So I, 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 but I do care about my asshole health. That's why I use Todd's very gay soap. Akron Apothecary, Todd's Gay Soap, cold press homemade soap from gay hands, gentle gay hands to your gentle asshole under under boob, taint, bollocks, tackle box, everything, the thighs, fat folds, wherever sweat hides, Todd's Gay Soap puts on a full core press, an assault, it's an assault soap on the stink and the scum of your body to keep you fresh and clean for those around you and that special someone or someone's because Todd's Gay Soap is... So for that is indeed it is ladies and gentlemen thank you very much and uh, i hope you guys have a great week look uh, hopefully to get another uh, a bonus maybe the bonus episode coming up very soon so hopefully if there is one we'll get it out to you as soon as possible don't forget to subscribe and thank you to the patrons and the sponsors thank you very much um joe biden uh greatest president ever uh i love paying nine dollars a gallon go fuck yourself bye <laughs>